Andrew is the Aussie bloke living in the U.S. Heather is the American gal living in Australia. Together, they travel the world sharing strategies on how to put your business on autopilot. Doing business online is no longer about having a website. To get more clients and take care of the ones you have, you will need a map. They've got it. So sit back and relax and welcome aboard. This flight is bound to autopilot your business. In today's podcast, we are talking about the things that are holding you back from getting yourself online. Have you picked up our online survival guide yet? Get prepped for the future of online marketing by going to www.aybguide.com. Hey everybody, this is Andrew McCauley. Welcome to podcast number 42. 42, I think that's the answer to the universe, 42. In fact, <laughs> this podcast, we're going to give you the answer to the universe, the online universe. We're talking about a whole range of things that are holding you back. What is stopping you getting to where you want to be online? And... We're going to talk about it, dissect it, and come up with some solutions for you. Now, of course, we, being myself and the lovely Heather Porter, hey, H. Hello, Andrew. Hello, everybody. And, you know, Andrew and I were just having a little chat. We're like, hey, what do we talk about on this particular episode? And I was saying to Andrew, you know, some of our clients have been talking to me really frustrated this week. You know, they're holding themselves back from actually taking action and doing stuff online. And Andrew was saying, you know, me too, me too. So we thought, let's just have a real candid chat. Like literally, this is quite unscripted. We're going to go through what we notice is some of the biggest issues that confuse and hold you back from actually doing what you want online. Are you saying that all of our podcasts are scripted? Uh, well, perhaps maybe a little bit more bullet pointed than what this one will be. Uh-huh, uh-huh. But yeah, no, I think uh, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be fun just uh, having a yeah. chat. You and I have been speaking to different customers and different people uh, in the last couple of weeks. And, um, you know, a lot of them are coming up with the same questions. They're like, hey, we're stuck. We're, we're not sure what to do here. We're not sure how to do this part of it. This, yeah. this piece confuses us. Or, or they come to us and say, this is what we've done. And it's like, wow, you've done it all backwards. So, um, or, or my favorite, I'm so excited. I want a website. And then one year later, there's still not a website up for them because they, they're confused on actually what to put on it in and the first place. And they're not so excited either at that time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, so, um, that's what we're talking about today. But before we dig into that, what did you learn? Do you want me to go first or do you want to start? Now, I want to hear about what you learned because I, I like what you learned this week. <laughs> you like what I learned this week? Well, you know, I learned that Google, the ever-changing machine that they are, have launched another, and in fact, they did this a couple of weeks ago, but um, it's only sort of come to light in the last few days for me, another update to their search algorithm, which is just crazy. The other part to that is that keywords as we know them we talk about we I think we've spoken about keywords and keyword research that's about to die a big death um, yeah what they're what they're starting to do what Google is starting to do is not show the results of your keywords in your analytics anymore um, you'll see if you ever look at your analytics and I'm hoping that you'll have after our analytics episodes that um, you'll see the keywords that say not provided and basically what those not provided keywords are is that when you're logged in I think it's when you're logged into your Gmail account uh, and you type in keywords to search and go to a website um, yep. Google will not report those if you're logged in if you're not logged in if you're just an, uh, an unlogged in user they'll report those keywords they're starting to stop reporting that now so a hundred percent of your 
keywords will will be all provided, which means that it's going to be even harder now to try and rank for keywords. So, you know, going back, uh, and, and we'll talk a little bit about this later, but um, going back to what you and I have been saying for a long time now is it's all about content marketing and getting your social signals very, very strong out there in the universe. So that's what Google are doing. Um, no surprise there that I could probably say this, that I've learned something new about Google in a month's time because that's how regular they are. You know, what's interesting is it's almost like it's getting less and less complex because for a long time there, you could kind of trick the search engines and uh -huh. do sneaky little things to, to get your rankings higher. But it's actually stripping all that away to literally yep. just going back to the basics, isn't it? Totally. You're right. It's going back to square one, although they've yep. got a lot more um, rules in place for people to stop that, you know, back back in square one days, you know, 10 years ago. In fact, Google just turned 15 the other day. Um, but, yep. you know, 10, 12 years ago when Google weren't that smart, people were doing all sorts of tricks and getting around them. Now they've put so many rules in place that it's, there's only one thing left to do and that's give good content on your website and you should see some pretty good results. Yeah, and get social. You've yep. got to get social, guys. Social. I know, you know, it's it can be overwhelming, but this is such a big part of where they're going. All these social triggers and um, use those social media accounts. Can I can, so, I, give you, can I just give you one more thing that I that I yeah. discovered this week is that YouTube you now Google owns YouTube, and the YouTube comments are getting an overhaul, a big time overhaul. And what they're doing is they're actually going to um, connect the Google Plus comments feature into the YouTube videos, which means YouTube and Google are now integrating their information. So if you're not yeah. on, if you're not on Google Plus, because remember this is the social signal, if you're not on Google Plus, um, then you want to make sure you are and using, using all of the information you can, sharing all of the information you can on Google Plus, because it's going to be a super powerful engine. I mean, it already is, it's going to be even stronger. Even stronger. Yeah, well said. And and quickly on the whole Google, happy birthday, Google, 15-year-old. Um, I, I love Google because when you go onto their homepage to do the search, they always change it up. And right now, I don't know if you saw it, Andrew. The game. For their, yeah, the game, the pinata. Yeah, I got to 76. <laughs> oh, oh, you beat me. I got 64. <laughs> so nerdy. Anyway. Uh, totally. All right, what did you learn? Tell me what you learned apart from pinata games. Yes, yes. Well, I just learned that the, the iOS 7, the Apple's new release of their operating system, is causing people motion sickness. <laughs> so, I love that. Isn't that funny? So I actually, uh, I guess the, 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 the point I want to make on this is I actually never move extraordinarily fast when there's updates on things. I like to wait a few days or even a couple weeks to see when the bugs are ironed out and also what people are saying about it. And uh, so last night, I ended up, I'm not, I haven't done my phone yet, but I ended up doing my, my iPad to check it out. And it is, it's quite different. And sure enough, I'm seeing articles around motion sickness because all the icons in the app, like uh, app icons move around quite a bit. You know, so I, here's, I, I took yeah. your advice last week. I asked you about this if you'd updated. You said, no, I'm going to wait. And I'm like, hmm, yeah. I better listen to you. So I, had, <laughs> I did and I haven't updated anything just yet. I've collected all these articles to read about iOS 7, uh, I haven't read mm -hmm. them yet, but I haven't, and I'm going to read them first before I update, so I did take your advice on that one last week. 
Very good. Very good. And, you know, it's so brand new and they've already just released a second version to to come out. And I know that part of what they're doing is to limit this motion sickness issue so you can go into your settings and set, you know, so the things don't bounce around your screen so much um, because there are already problems. And as many of you that are following what's happened, uh, the people that jumped on the bandwagon straight away and within the first 24 hours, almost melted down Apple servers and people couldn't update their, their software and they were caught halfway out and their phones weren't working. And so I guess my piece of advice here is just, just wait. Um, and the big thing also about WordPress, WordPress is also always updating its software. I do the same with that. I, I like to wait a little while. The second I go into my blog back, back end and it says new version of WordPress available, I like to hold off a little bit. And again, that's just to, for safety for me. Maybe I'm a little bit more conservative than some of you guys listening, but um, it allows you to, to track and see what people are saying online around the faults or issues that may come up as a result of updating it. You know what? I think I'm going to tie all this together to today's whole topic. Yes. Because, you know, we today we're talking about, you know, what's holding them back, what's holding people back, why are they getting stuck and not not moving forward. And this is a great example, you know, WordPress, Apple, you know, Apple was looked at as one of the best ten, technologically advanced companies, um, but they, they are producing stuff that doesn't work straight off the bat. Like they're not mm-hmm. waiting for it to be perfect. Um, they're doing a good job of making it, making it a good product. But there is updates, as you said, within the first couple of days, there was an update. And, you know, if Apple were to wait till everything was ironed out, they'd never get a product on, on the market. No. And um, I think that's a big part of what, you know, today is about is what what's holding people back. And being perfect uh, in the beginning, we see so many people wanting to do a, um, you know, do a website or an online, get online presence. And they're waiting for everything to be perfect before they launch. And, uh, you know, I think, take a leaf out of some of these big players books they do it and then they'll adjust accordingly so i think um that's a good and that's segue i'm glad you that. said that because honestly that is what's so amazing about the internet is that there is no such thing as perfection the mm-hmm. second you have an idea somebody else has already actioned it the second you put something out you get feedback immediately and you can improve it and put out a new version. That's why there's so many versions of things. So that's exciting for those of you that are listening because it's actually an excuse or an opportunity to not have to be perfect in anything you do and just put stuff out as you think of it. You know what? I, one, of my favorite, <laughs> one of my favorite lines is version one is better than version none. That's right. Get, well it, out there, get it out there and then, uh, and then fix it up as it goes. Um, yeah. Anyway, so let's let's dig into today. What let's what are some of the things that we've found over the last couple of weeks and months that uh, people keep saying, oh, you know, this is holding me back, or I've got to get this, and I'm not ready for that. Um, yeah. Give me let's let's dig into what's the first one that's come up for you. This one always comes up, and it's the whole thing of logo and branding, uh-huh. colors. You know, the look and feel of of you and your business online, to the point where people can spend six months developing a logo to try and get it just perfect. You know, let's face it. I I don't know about you, Andrew, but and everything I've read about branding, branding is actually a customer experience, and it happens when you are emotionally attached or engaged or remember something about the experience you've had with um, the the business. It's more about the personality of the business rather than the look and feel. Mm. So 
I find that business owners, their ego gets caught up way too much in trying to make this perfect purple, for example, or the perfect curve. Now, yes, that's a part of how you are going to display yourself online. But if you get so caught up, six months rolls around and you're still playing around with color palettes and you don't even have a website up. Mm, yeah, I, I remember seeing um, a bank in Australia, a large bank in Australia, I won't say which one, but um, <laughs> they spent something like ridiculous amount, four or five million dollars on changing their logo that was not all that different from their original logo, which changed yeah. a little bit. But they had to go and it's not just the logo they spent the money on that. It's the it's all of the paraphernalia that's associated with all of their printing. You know, mm. we're talking a bank with millions and millions of pages of brochures and all that sort of stuff and marketing on and website stuff. Um, yeah. Just to change this logo, and I'm like, that is the most craziest thing I've ever heard. People, what they're not going to bring in more customers because there's a different shade of color that they had from one logo to the next. Um, yeah. It just blew me away how, how much people spend on this sort of stuff, how much time and money they spend on this. Sort time of and effort, and it can it can be quite painful. And you know what? There's a rule of thumb online as well. Every couple of years, there's shifts in how things are done on, on websites. And so if you get so caught up and you're spending a year on a website to build it, chances are after that year rolls around, you're going to be tired of the design already because there's mm -hmm. new trends online. So mm -hmm. that's why it is more powerful, more important to move fast rather than to get hung up on these finer details because it's just going to constantly keep you in perpetual i don't like this i don't like this i'm frustrated mode yeah yeah good point Sorry. so i guess the thing i always say to people is you know when you're looking at your colors and your branding and all that come up with a, a i think a color scheme is most important because the 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 design the design elements around your site you can put that in and then the logo can be perfected as your site and your content is created don't let that logo hold you back from actually creating a template and a website and starting to write content and copy which is some of the other stuff we're going to talk about in a second awesome okay so um that's logo and branding Anything else you want to add about that? Oh, the only thing is focus your time on how your customer is going to experience you online rather than the look of you online. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that's that one. Uh, the other thing, I, I'm constantly getting this as well, is because, look, it can be scary like what you and I are doing right now. We're doing a podcast. We're talking. We're putting ourselves out there to the world. And some people can feel quite vulnerable. So I always get this one. Why would people want to listen to me? I'm frustrated because I can't, I don't know what to write. I don't know how to put myself up on my website because I just don't think people want to hear what I have to say. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's it, a huge it, one. Well, it is huge. If we, if we thought like that, we, you know, apart from we, <laughs> when we started our podcast, we were happy to have one person listen to us and we made them sit in a room and listen. <laughs> but, um, yeah. you know, we just kept doing it and we thought, well, let's just see what happens in there. We've got, you know, we've got some, we've got a lot of regular listeners listening in and um, hello to all you listeners out there. Yeah, yeah, it's great. Um, but who would have thought, you know, like we didn't, we didn't sit there obsessing on the fact that, oh my gosh, we have to have it perfect and, you know, we have to have all these listeners and we have to have markets already ready for us. Not at all. We're just like, let's just do it. Yeah. <laughs> let's get it out there. Yeah. So um, one, of the, one of the things that you've got to think, think is that you do have a lot of information in your head. You are good at what you do, whether it's in your industry. You, there's no reason why you can't become an expert in your industry. And one of the things that I often think back to is that 
if you want to learn something, teach it or talk about it. And a podcast is a great way to do it, but you can go and teach it in front of uh, people. You can run little little workshops, Google Hangouts. You can run webinars. Um, you can just even do little recordings for your website and tell people about something that you learned today. But people start to start value, people start valuing what your what your knowledge is all about. They like to hear what you've got to say, um, and just get out there and do it. Don't don't sit there and count the number of customers every time who's listening to you because that will drive you nuts. Just yeah. um, just get out and talk and put it up there. And if no one listens to it, no one listens to it. Uh, but you have got something important to say. You are in your field, whatever you are good at. Then people want to know what you've got in your head. You know, I'm, I'm, I, ha- I was writing some copy last night for um, one of our clients and I was watching a video and the video, I loved video because it reminded me of something that's quite powerful and profound but yet very simple and that is that oftentimes we as business owners, we try and explain the process of what we do to a point where we turn people off mm. because the process is not what people necessarily are buying. They're buying the what can it do to help my life, not what is your process to, to get me there. So I find that that is the big thing that hold people back as well because they're thinking I have to over deliver and give all this information. Yes, yes, you want to give valuable information, but oftentimes it's only at a quarter or a fraction of what you actually think that you need to create because mm. you're actually giving too much information in, in your articles, your videos or whatever you're doing on your website and your online properties. That's a, that's a great point actually because um – you don't want to put people in overwhelm. Hey, I'm, no. I'll, I'll put my hand up and say I'm guilty of that too. You know, when I when I first started speaking, I'm like, wow, I've, I've got to have so much there because they're not going to listen to me if there's not so much there. But in actual fact, the opposite happened. I had eyes glazing over and people falling asleep, and I'm like, what are you falling asleep for? This is <laughs> this is a lot of stuff, and that that yeah. was the problem. It was a lot of stuff. I really need to cut it down and make it as simple as possible so that they're not glazing over and and um, going to sleep and that sort of stuff um if i was to if i was to um we, we we talk about you know why people wouldn't want to listen to you what about on the flip side when mm. people are writing too much about them and it's not about anybody else that's a really good point uh, and that that is a big issue that comes up as well that i'm constantly seeing is oh i should do this article about my my holiday with these images or i need to talk about um, this thing that happened to me and my business and, and our staff. And what happens over time is that you're collating or you're putting up information that's just all about you and your business. And while pieces of that are important for credibility and to show you know, that you are an established business and, and trustworthy, yes, that is important. The bulk of your information is all about the client or the visitor to your website, which is actually easier, you guys, if you think about it, because you don't have to talk about yourself as much as what you think. It's more about what do I know and how can that help the person that's there engaging in my content, specifically talk to them and how it can change their life and their business. And again, like Andrew, what you were saying, simplify it, you know, an article can literally be just one piece of information or one tiny little piece of a topic that you talk about. There's a TED Talk, actually, that one of the, the most popular ones, and I can't remember it right now, so I'll have to find the link for under this uh, podcast on our website. But the whole entire talk is about how email is an issue for us and how basically just get off of your seat if you're in corporate. If you're not getting an answer, 
go to the person's desk and get an answer or pick mm-hmm. up the phone because there's these things, these email strings that are happening right now where it takes a week to get an answer from somebody that sits across the room from you. There's this TED Talk, the entire TED Talk, the entire thing that this person teaches is about this whole issue with email and communications. And they're so incredibly popular because of just that. It's an incredibly simple mm-hmm. idea and simple concept. I think uh, I think that is that the one that's uh, I think it's called the email charter. Yeah, I believe that is the name of it. I'm glad you you thought yeah, of that yeah. one. Chris Chris Anderson, I think, is the guy who did that one. Yeah, brilliant. You know, and and who would have thought? Like again, this is coming back to you guys in your business. You're you're sitting here thinking, oh, but I have to give all this information. There's so much that I do. Yes, there is so much that you do. And what's great about that is that you have so much content in that, and just. Just simplify it. Pretend like you're talking to a 10-year-old child Mm -hmm. and you want to give them one little tip just from that piece of content that you're sharing that they can walk away with and actually use in their life. And Another way to check it out is when you go surfing yourself, surfing on the net, if you go and check a website um, for some information, see if you can Mm. hear the voices in your head and see what's happening. You're You're not sifting and sorting for information about the people that are doing it. You're asking yourself... Why is that relevant to me? How can I use that? How can I use this? How can this piece of information help my business right now? And you'll be surprised that uh, if that's what's going on in your head, it's probably likely that it's going on in everybody else's head too. So when they come to your site, give them the answers that they're asking themselves. For them and not all about you. And and a rule of thumb for this is the the main pieces about you that you want to have on your site is yes you want your photo and you know your photo of your team or your office and that can be on the contact page or the about page you want your awards your industry awards or your your media appearances and using those as logos and then really honestly on the about page you stick some information about yourself at the bottom of the page we've talked about this the about page mm-hmm. as well um, in the one of the last episodes but the top of your about page should still be all about the person visiting your site. So literally, that's it on your site. That's that's the personal touch points. The rest of it is about your client. How often how often do you go to about pages? The second I'm in a site and I'm engaged and I and I'm intrigued and I think I actually I like this information, mm-hmm. then I go. The second I I have that in my mind where I feel like I like this content and it's going to help me, mm-hmm. I go straight to the about page mm-hmm. always because I want to at that point know and dig a little deeper to find out if this is a credible source and why I should listen to them. Yeah, interesting. I, I'm, I'm similar. I, I, I've, mm-hmm. I'm finding myself looking for about pages regularly now um, yeah. because I, yeah. I, you're right. I want to know who are, who are you people to be saying this? What exactly. gives you the right to say this? Let me see some of your background. And then I'll even, just to back it up a little bit more, I'll, I'll go and check some of their social profiles just to see what sort of action they're doing on their social profiles. Same. Um, and, you know, I think, I don't think I'm extraordinarily doing that. I think a lot of people are starting to do this sort of thing. And in the next two years, it'll be a standard. You'll be checking out, because there is so much noise out there, there, there'll be people checking out who you are on your about page and then checking all your social stuff to see who you know, what you're doing, what sort of connections, to get any bit of information they can. So, you know, I think it's important that you say that. It's put in there, What's why Why would I want to go and know about them and then, you know, what's important for me to be there? Why is it important for me to be there? You know what I always say is when you're writing your bio for your about page, I always say when writing that, pretend like you're answering the question, why should I listen to you? Why the hell should I listen to you? And that is like literally you have to treat it like that. There, there's a skeptic person that's sitting on your site mm-hmm. and that's all they want to know, nothing else. Yep. Don't 
don't you know cut off all the fluff and just tell them straight information about that. And so I guess the rule of thumb around that again is when creating content, ask yourself the question, how does this piece of content apply or help the person that's going to engage with it? Mm-hmm. If you cannot have a solid answer and you have no idea how it's actually going to help them in their life and business, don't post it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very good. And I guess the other thing is being clear too. Be clear on what you do. Um, yeah. You know, people often get stuck because they're not clear on what they're offering. You know, I've Ooh. seen so many websites where people, you go to a website and you actually look at it and go, what is this person, what's the point of this website? Is, yeah. it, is it a is it a brochure site to tell me information? Is it trying to get me to sign up for something? Um, you know, so be clear. Do you have any do you have any points about being clear that you want to mention? Yeah, I love that you brought this up actually because um, the the thing is, and I know with a lot of the people that come in and work with us, uh, and those that I've seen online that are the most successful, they're ultra clear, and it's mm-hmm. literally this is how they work it. Mm-hmm. They have a website which has an opt-in, which takes people through a journey with them through free bonuses and more content to ultimately get them into what I call the signature program or service that they offer. That's it. Like literally website, opt-in for from a freebie into the main thing that they want to sell. To get yourself up online and to build a tribe and get yourself really going and getting traction that's as clear and as simple as you need to keep it. Yes, you might think, I have 10 products, I have 10 programs, I have so much information. That's great. Yes, you can give that away in other places. But to declutter your website and your, your funnel and how people come in and engage with you, keep it as simple as that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And I, I think that's could be more simpler. Be clear, <laughs> be concise, um, don't make it too fuzzy. And then expand once you have that list, you know, once you have things going on, once you know what your market wants. But if you're just getting started, mm. you don't need to really mess around other than with that one funnel, one big product or service, whatever it's your, if it's your coaching program, if it's an event, is it a membership that you offer, a mastermind group? What is it? You know, what's that one thing? And that's what you focus all your efforts on and all your content is to, to push people into that area of your business. I'm going to change tack a little bit here. Yeah, yeah. Um, one of the other things that I have had coming up recently for me as well for people getting themselves held held back without launching themselves online is that, oh, you know, I, I, I know where to get a website built. I know how to get that done. I'm, I'm okay with my logos and that sort of stuff. But I don't know how I'm going to get people to even come to my website. What sort of traffic can I get? I don't understand. There's, yeah. face, there's Facebook ads, there's AdWords ads, there's something else ads, there's LinkedIn ads. Um, you know, we hear about Facebook is the best way to do it, but then I go and look at Facebook ads and I'm not sure how that all works. So um, mm. just want to give a quick, quick little overview of some Facebook ads too for people if they're interested in using Facebook ads to drive traffic without getting into the whole social media realm. realm. Um, yeah. Facebook ads, there's two, there's, there's, there's a couple of versions of Facebook ads. Promoted posts are, are a, uh, a way to get people to your fan page or your business page. Um, f- promoted posts can be done two ways. One way is that straight off straight off the back of your news feed, um, there's a little, when you do a post, there'll be a little, um, little drop down that says boost. And if you want to boost uh, your, if you want to boost that post out to people that are friends of your um that are fans of your page and friends of the fans of your page, then that's a quick, simple little way to do it. 
if you want to go and target that particular post a little bit more so you may want to target people who are in a specific country you may want to go and target um, people of a specific demographic or who like a specific topic then you may want to go and look at um, creating an ad through your ads manager in the back end of, of your Facebook account so yeah, that, you know what? It's easy, isn't it? Um, like, how does somebody actually go about that if if they want to do this? It's just about putting a credit card in Facebook, isn't it? Yeah, uh, Facebook. Um, I think I counted once six different spots on your Facebook page where it says create an ad. That's how they make their money. They are going to make it as super easy as they can to take your money. So <laughs> look for a button that says create an ad. You'll see it up the top. You'll see it down the bottom. You'll see it next to your post. You'll see it as your login, as your admin panel. Um, click on that and it'll ask you for a credit card details. It'll set you up. They they do not distinguish between credit cards. They take all flavors. And um, and as soon as they that's approved, then they'll let you start running ads. So... Um, so that's an ad for promoted posts. The other type of ad that we see on Facebook is the one on the right-hand side, um, and that's just tra that's a traditional ad. Um, very easy once again to set up. You can target your market and uh, target the people that shows up. So what targeting means is that let's say that um, let's say Heather, you've got uh, an interest in basketball. So I yep. might run a, I might run, I might have a, an an ebook that's that gives the ten best ten best tips for basketball. And uh, I'll go and say, I'm looking for everyone that says they've liked basketball on their profiles somewhere along the way. And what that does is it'll go and find people like you who have said, yes, you like basketball. And that will they will deliver that ad to you and not anybody else, not anybody else that hasn't checked on the thing that they like basketball. Yeah. So, um, so you get to see the ad. So that's a little bit about Facebook ads. I don't want to go too deep and there's a lot more I in it. I think the thing to keep in mind, you're right, yeah, there's a lot more in it and yes, there's a strategy behind it, but it is quite easy just in those few suggestions that you just said right there for anybody to go out into their Facebook account, start, you know, plunk their credit card details in and start yeah. one of these ads that you just talked about, promoted posts, post them in on your wall and hit promote, you know, yeah. um, and then it's a great way of actually seeing if people like what you're talking about. It's a very simple way. Uh, which actually can kind of lead us into the the next point, I think, about doing things backwards. Well, but, uh, before we do that, I just yeah, want to mention yeah. one thing on Facebook. Um, sure. There's two. There's, there's an ad that you can create on Facebook, and there's a campaign. The difference between the two is like this: mm -hmm. a campaign is like the bucket that you put all your little ads in, and your campaign is the one that determines how much money you spend on an ad. So, if you want to spend just thirty dollars a day on your ad. Or your campaign then you make sure the campaign says I'll only spend $30 for this day and then you can put a whole series of ads inside that campaign you can put 10 different ads inside that campaign the 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 um, the sum of all of the spent money on those ads in that campaign when it reaches $30 that Facebook would just stop showing your ad so that's a common common question I get is I don't understand the difference between campaigns and ads you can run a whole bunch of ads as long as they're all under the same same campaign and you set yourself a limit you set yourself a $20 $30 $100 whatever your budget allows and you know that um, Facebook won't spend more than that budget for the day across all your ads across in that campaign ads in that yeah campaign. Yep. yeah so, so yeah go on. It, it's a great place to, to I mean it's quite easy to at least get an ad out there to test things isn't it 
Yes. Yeah, definitely. Go out and spend $10. I think you can spend $10 as a minimum. Check it out. See if people are clicking on your ad, uh, if they yeah. like it. And if you've got a good um, click-through rate, and we talked about that in one of our other podcasts, if you've got a good click-through rate, then uh, the ad could be a winner. Run with it. Exactly. Um, and, and so on that whole thing of doing things backwards, we've seen this a lot as well, where people come to us and say, I've developed my online program, you know, I have my website, mm. and I'm trying to get traffic to it, but no one seems to want oh, it. And no one buys it. No one buys it. And I've even heard somebody say to me, I feel so embarrassed. I've done everything backwards. I have never even tested to see if anybody wants what I'm trying to sell. There's the key. I think that's the key is do people want it? Do they mm. actually want it? And, and I wish I, I was going to check this out before we got on the call, but I, I forgot. Um, minimum viable product. Who's Who, who coined that term? Um, wow. Somebody, that, that's a... somebody coined the term um, minimum viable product, meaning that do as least as you can to get the best result. And yeah. that means creating a product that's, if you've got a membership that's got six modules, don't go and create all six modules. Create the first couple of modules and see if people want it. And if people are buying it, then create the rest of it. Um, yes. But if they're not creating it, it saves you time wasting, saves you wasting time creating four other modules that no one wants. You know, we just did this with our event. I mean, seriously, you guys, we, we had our fireside chat in Melbourne not too long ago, and Andrew and I created the content for the event after we filled the room. Yeah, totally. <laughs> now that doesn't mean. No, 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 let's let's let's. Be, um, what, what I do want to point out is that um, you and I, we we know our content, so we could have got up there and just and said it you know, as we go. That's true. We, yeah, that's we know true. our content. We, we didn't have to go, we didn't learn it the day before. No, no, we no, just, no, no. We just put it, together. we just put it together. But, but if you're an expert in your field, then you should know your content. You that's should right. know how to do it. Um, we weren't stressed at all about creating that. We were putting slideshows together, but at the end of the day, if the slide projector broke, we wouldn't have cared because we still knew what our content was. And that's what we're saying. If you know your stuff, if you know what you do, you know, you know, it well, then that, that doesn't strike fear into you when someone says create it at the last minute. Um, no, and what that means is – go ahead. I was say, a lot of people, a lot of people get, don't like that idea. Um, it's a new concept for them. But at the end of the day, I would rather create something to see uh, if somebody likes it before yeah. I created the entire program. Absolutely, and, and it, what all this point means is it's giving you a great deal of flexibility because as, as an expert knowing your stuff, that just means you can package it in different ways. So you might try and sell like uh, an, an ebook, and if that that's not working, you don't need to create it. And if next up maybe you're doing a membership site or you're doing whatever it is that you want to focus on, but you have the information in your head. It's just a matter of seeing the right way to package it. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's what Andrew is saying is, you know, don't create the whole thing and then hope it sells. Instead, try selling it and then create it as you need it. Yeah, I've seen that done a lot of, we've done, we've been involved with a lot of people that do that. Oh, um, yeah. You know, and I guess that just comes a second nature to us because, you know, that's how we, that's how we've <laughs> learned the ropes. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it, it just saves so much stress and headache because the last thing you want to do is lock yourself away for six months creating something that nobody wants. That's right. That's exactly right. So, and the point of, you know, doing things backwards, I guess, 
just make sure it is in fact something that, that people want to learn and in the, the way of the mechanism that they want to learn it. So where as a membership site may work in certain industries, maybe face-to-face works better in other industries. So it's just getting testing that and finding out what's going to work best for you. Very good. You know, I, I think I've um, come up, that's most of my most of my points that people have come up with in the last few weeks. How about you? Have you got any others that, that are people stopping people getting online? Yeah, it's, I think the, the last one we've touched on it already really is just the whole traffic. It's it's the fear behind if I build it, will they come? Mm-hmm. If I put it up, is it going to be a waste of my money, my time and my resources? How do I know people want it? How do I know people are going to find it? Mm-hmm. And the main thing to say is like everything else in life and in business – Success does not come fast overnight. There is not like, you know, we've heard about the the actors that you think get famous overnight, but in actuality, they've been trying for 20 years to get Mm -hmm. to where they are. Same with same with business. So same with online. You you test in the way that we talked about. You can do the ads and you can sort of, you know, do some social media posts and talk to people around you to see what they want. And ultimately, you just got to do it. You have to put it out there and you have to compound and you have to build and you have to be consistent. And you will not get a huge amount of traffic the very first day that your website goes up unless you have a massive marketing Google ad budget. Uh-huh, <laughs> but um, uh-huh. you don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. You know, just get out there, get started. You can change it. You can perfect it over time. You can do new versions over time, so to yeah. speak. Yeah, definitely. You know, in, in fact, I've even heard people running ads to a landing page. They do a landing page for a product that's coming on the market soon. Um, yeah. Sign up for an early bird. They haven't even created a part, a portion of the product. They run an ad to see if anyone's interested. If the ad gets their attention mm. and people sign up, then they go and create the product. If no one signs up for the after the ad's been run, then they don't waste their time. So there's yeah. a great way of testing testing your market by just doing little things like that too. So there is. So save save the stationary design and and all the fancy logos and all the prints for later. Once you actually know you have something viable that people want. Definitely, definitely. Awesome. Hey, uh, how can people find out about a little bit more about uh, our resource guide and all that sort of stuff? So all you need to do is go to AYB, as in Autopilot Your Business, AYBpodcast.com. And we have this amazing little resource guide for you guys there with all of our automation tools. And also hop on by autopilotyourbusiness.com forward slash podcast. And you can see our episode number 42 there, which will have a little link there for the TED Talk that we mentioned earlier, plus all the, the links and bits and pieces and show notes that we talk about in this episode. I'm just writing a note for the TED Talk. Now, <laughs> speaking of hopping on, I am going to hop on a plane in a few days, and I'm going to I'm going to be sitting next to you for our next podcast. That's pretty exciting. I know, guys. So we're going to be sitting here with my fancy blue Yeti microphone, and we'll be having the little setting where both of us can sit and talk into the microphone together. So we'll be sitting in the same room for the next one. And then we're doing a Sydney event. Uh, we live. We're going to have. A, we're doing. Are we doing another live podcast at the event? I think we might have to. Live studio audience, where we have the audience come up and ask us some questions on the spot and test our knowledge. Yay! That sounds like fun. Yeah, awesome. Be- well, hey, it's been great. Have a wonderful day, and uh, look forward to seeing you next week, sitting in the same room and having a chin wag about whatever it is we decide to have a chin wag about. <laughs> It'll be good. Chin wag is a Andrew. talk for those people overseas. all right see you later everybody bye guys make sure to grab our free business automation guide now
and get access to other special bonuses. Head on over to aybpodcast.com. All passengers and cabin crew should now be seated with their seatbelts securely fastened. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the first officer speaking. On behalf of your captains, Andrew McCauley and Heather Porter, we would like to thank you for taking the journey with us to autopilot your business. You are now closer to putting your own business on autopilot using the Internet. Of course, if you would like to rack up some frequent flyer points, visit our website, www.autopilotyourbusiness.com, or check us out on Facebook at facebook.com slash autopilotyourbusiness. These frequent flyer points are totally useless, but the information is gold. Until we fly again, happy travels.